Morning, everybody. Nice to have your company. Welcome along to Wednesday morning in... Sorry, just... Uh, sorry about this. The old bones. I couldn't have done that before, actually. I suddenly realised I'm sitting here. My seat has now changed height. And I've got to adjust it, because obviously the person who sat here last time was a midget. But anyway, so I'm sort of sitting in it now, just making myself comfy, you know, for the day ahead. Not as, not as wet outside, is it, today, thank goodness. London streets, very quiet. Obviously, people have run out of money. And, um... And the paper... Well, I did watch Big Brother yesterday. I actually watched bits of it live. And I didn't change my opinion from the pieces I'd seen before. Might as well tell you now that uh, I think Jedward are possibly the rudest people I've ever seen. You know, they quite clearly think in their deluded, sad, stupid little world that everything revolves around them. They're not very pleasant. And to be honest with you, and I'm quite sure that Louis Walsh will defend them to the hilt, he has to. He represents them, and they're probably making an absolute fortune. But frankly, they're not very nice. They really aren't very nice. They're arrogant. They, they quite clearly have never had any discipline from their parents whatsoever. They behave like spoilt brats. They walk like two Thunderbirds puppets uh, in their silly little outfits. And they're filthy. I mean filthy as in terms of get out there and clean. They also attacked poor Amy Childs, who is as dim as a brush. I mean, you don't really realise just how stupid some people can be, but she kind of sort of, you know, just, just kind of eggs it on a little bit more. But they were so rude. At one point, uh, one of them, it could have been John or Edward, it's a bit difficult to tell, um, sort of pulled the back of her bikini bottoms up. And uh, Daryl Lyons was furious. I mean, I think he wanted to go over and hit them. And to be quite honest, how nobody's ever hit them, I've got no idea. Because not are they just, not only are they irritating, but at one point, one of them opened the fridge and the coleslaw fell out on the floor. And they just left it there. They're that filthy. They're that sort of dirty in the house. They weren't remotely interested in cleaning until Sally Burko, a foul-mouthed old bag. The, the language! I did not expect to hear from a total non-celebrity four-letter words emanating from a mouth. I really didn't. I was quite shocked. We know that she's desperate. We know that she's ludicrous. We know she's a standing joke. And we know that we'd like to vote her out this week. I, in fact, would like to vote two of them out. Her and the male model, whose name I cannot remember. Bobby, is it Bobby somebody? Anyway, he, he, he developed a personality the other day where he decided not to like any of the reality TV stars, although he himself was going down exactly the same route. They're all as bad as each other in there. Kerry Katona is just stupid and ineffectual and just a waste of space completely. Uh, Daryl Lyons is quite clearly got some hidden, <laughs> some hidden depths to him. I haven't quite fathomed out what they are. Um, Amy Childs just spends the whole time wearing two rollers in the front of her head. I can't quite fathom out why, you know, you'd walk around. She's got this really bad conditioned hair. You know, very, not a very good advert for a woman who's supposed to have a beauty salon. Although she only appears to do spray tan and vajazzling. And uh, if you don't know what that is, you have to go and check it out. But she doesn't contribute anything. She really doesn't talk about anything. Uh, the Hoff's ex-wife, you can understand why, why they got divorced. She's as boring as hell. Sally Burke, as I say, delusional and uh, totally out of her depth. Really stupid woman. Really stupid. And, you know, if, if that was your children sitting at home and thinking, oh, that's mummy swearing. How lovely. Not surprised the blooming family are embarrassed by her. And uh, who else is in there? I can't think who else is in there. Jedward irritating. Horrible. We've never heard... I mean, they're just... I didn't realise... I thought Jedward was going to be fun, 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 fun. But when they, they, they were sitting in the diary room and somebody had said to them, listen, you need to start cleaning. Do not just throw your stuff... They didn't clean the bath. They didn't clean anything. And at one point, to show how stupid they are... Daryl had made a pasta bake, which obviously he's, he's quite good at because everybody loves it. Everybody was going, oh, this is really nice. So Jed would come along, the two stupid boys, 
and they put it in there, and they go, mmm, smells nice, we're going to go and have it in the bedroom. So they go into the bedroom, they walk straight, they go, pour it down the toilet. So they poured it down the toilet. This shows, I mean, they must be five-year-olds, because I've never known anybody else behave like that. Then they go back to the door, and they pretend to start eating it the other side. Go, mmm, John, this is really nice, can I have some of yours? Yes, you can, Edward. And so then they make the noise of the fork in the bowl. And then they go outside, go, mmm, that was really yummy. And Kerry Katona, because she's bright on odd occasions, I think once every 15 years, she went, you've just emptied that down the toilet, haven't you? No, we haven't. Lying. Liars as well. And she goes, you have, I can see it written on your face. No, we we ate it all up. We, they, there's something that they're not all there in the head, I don't think. Then they have the Jedwood chat show, and only two housemates turn up, because the rest of them think they're a pointless, pointless pair. I'm afraid they really are. But when you watch them walking, they do walk like... Um, I can't remember who they walk like. These, um, Kenneth Williams used to narrate something in a wood. Will of the Wisp. And, and the goblins in that walk a little bit like that with their pointy shoes on. And that's what Jed would look like. And at one point, they, they brought all their shoes out. And somebody said, what have you brought those out for? That's our set. They, they said, I mean, they re- they're not all there. But they're quite nasty. When everybody tries to give them a compliment, they're quite horrible to them. They're just not a nice pair of boys, I'm afraid, at all. And then you get Amy Winehouse in the paper today. And, to be honest with you, I I don't think it makes any difference at all. The only person who needs to know this, the papers don't need to know how Amy Winehouse died. What's it got to do with them? It's only got to do with her parents who want to know how she died. Did she have drugs? Was it alcohol? Was it heart... I mean, oh, quite clearly her heart stopped. But what was it that she died of? So now they're saying no illegal drugs were found in the singer's body. Not strictly true... Not strictly true, because when they do, and they, they've spoken to a forensic toxicologist, so he's like top of his field, his name is uh, Graham Mould, and he said it's a very different thing to say no illegal substances were found than to say that no drugs whatsoever were detected. There are many different tests, and we differentiate between the two. Once you find a positive match for a substance, further checks would be used to confirm it. There'd be an initial screening test which would cover illicit drugs, and then acidic drugs, which would be expected to produce a result quickly. The first tests would be used for illegal drugs. If they were all negative, then you may consider possible alternatives. In terms of alcohol, if it was a small amount, it would be fairly easy to determine that it was not the cause of death. So in this instance, it was obviously enough to require more checks. It seems unusual to say that alcohol was present, but not be able to say what sort of effect that quantity may have had. It's also worth noting that a two-day delay between the death and the examination could cause some drugs, such as ketamine and GHB, not to be picked up. Because, obviously, they disperse into the body. Uh, GHB is the date-rape drug. Sometimes people use it for, for sex and things like that because it, it loosens your inhibitions. If you have too much of it, you go to sleep and you pass out. And ketamine, I think, is uh, loosely translated a horse tranquilizer, favoured by many people who go to clubs. Why on earth... You would want to put a horse tranquilizer into your body. I've got no idea. So we're, we're, we're no nearer finding out what, what killed her. And Mitch, her uh, father, has said exactly the same. We need to know what killed her. I mean, presumably the heart stopped, but at what point, and as to why, I don't know. I was talking to somebody earlier on this morning. We were talking about alcohol, saying alcohol doesn't kill. And I said, well, actually, it does. We've had all these kids in Newquay who've, who've downed, you know, all these shots and then vodka and everything else. And their body has just gone whoosh and imploded on itself. So it is possible to die of alcohol, but we don't know how much alcohol she had. There obviously doesn't seem to be that much. Whether that disperses within two days, I have no idea. 
it's it's just a bit sad that we're still we're still dredging it up, aren't we? We're still talking about, but because it, it's got nothing to do with you, me, or anybody else. How she died, the fact that that she died, and she did have a history of drug abuse, but it wasn't so in this particular case, unless she'd taken something we weren't aware of, remains to be seen. Whether they're going to do more tests, I think they will in October. I think there'll be more more things going on, even though that she's already been cremated. Uh, they've still got all the results on file, and they will look through them. To be honest with you, that's all the parents want. They just want. They want somebody to say that's what she died of, so they know. She might have... Who knows? She might have had an irregular heartbeat. You know, that does happen, and people go through their lives, and they get to this 27, 28, and all of a sudden it manifests itself. It's not a, not a great deal of fun for anybody at all. Dull start the weather today. Few showers likely. Should become mostly dry by the afternoon. The clouds should then lift and break to give some warm, sunny spells. Ooh, whoopee. That'll be nice, won't it? And the high today, 23 degrees. Currently it's 16 degrees. And the pollen forecast, moderate. I never quite know what that means. Does that mean there's a moderate chance of you getting hay fever today or something? Is it moderate if the pollen, for- pollen mm. forecast is moderate? Does that mean yeah. that if, if you suffer from hay fever... Then you're just going to be moderately... You're going to be moderately affected. affected by it, yeah. Duh. Duh. I should have thought of that one, shouldn't I? You well. All right, thank you. Yes, Good, thank you very much for asking. Okay, yeah, please, I'm medically qualified. I'll bring out the couch in a minute. We'll have a complete session. Pardon? Sorry, <laughs> I was thinking psychologist couch. I was thinking they did a program on the television. I'm sure ages ago where they and I think it was called on the psychiatrist couch, and they put celebrities on there, and they asked them questions about uh, themselves to try and understand how people worked in the Big Brother house. Uh, they don't. They don't work. Strangely enough, uh, Jane Moore is talking about exactly the same. She said she's deeply misunderstood. This is what Sally Burko said. I'm deeply misunderstood. And uh, she went, no, dear. No, no, no. You're one of the first up for eviction, proving you're definitely understood. The public know exactly what you are, which is a self-serving, sex-obsessed, duplicitous, fame-seeking, loud-mouthed, delusional, who truly believes that her husband's status has little or nothing to do with her invitation to join the celebrity world of Big Brother. I mean, she is so awful in the house. She quite clearly thinks that she's, uh, she's the bee's knees, whereas nobody knows who the hell she is. They really don't all care. But I'm afraid she calls her racy here. She's indeed entered the Hall of Fame, but it's a subsidiary and a wholly substandard one occupied by, among other gluminaries, Colleen Rooney, Jack Tweed, Alex Gerrard, Alex Reed, and Heather Mills. So there you go. You're in the same desperate, sad, lonely little camp, Sally. But of course, you won't better read this till you come outside, and then you'll realise that nobody likes you. You should have you should have actually been more intelligent and done it a different way. If you wanted to raise money for charity, you know, like a hundred thousand pounds, why didn't you do a walk? Why didn't you do a sponsored walk up the Himalayas? Why didn't you do something like that? No, because you're so desperate. You're so desperate and sad. And to be honest with you, your personality is zilch. I've watched it. I mean. It was, it was really sad. I so wanted you to have a personality. And then already you've put the sheet around you in the Big Brother house and duplicated that thing. Everybody but everybody, darling, is saying, go away, you silly little girl. Quarter past five, the news headlines. Rebels have spent the night celebrating after breaking into Colonel Gaddafi's home in Libya's main city of Tripoli, but still no word on where he is. It's understood he escaped through a network of underground tunnels. He's promised to fight to death or victory. 
Unemployed criminals will have to do a five-day week of hard work under new plans for punishment. Offenders will be forced to work at least 28 hours over four days, with a fifth spent looking for a full-time job. And three-quarters of us aren't happy with the service we get from our banks. Consumer group Which finds many of us feel let down, while others feel banks are only interested in helping with the basics. Let's have a check on the roads for you this morning. A bit early, but there might be some traffic out there. And here she is, her finger on the pulse. Jay Louise. Thank you, Steve. Good morning. Well, we're going to start in Croydon, where Moreland... Thank you, Nick. Jackie Smith's on the front of the uh, the sun today. Uh, she'll be here with us at 10 o'clock this morning. <laughs> I don't know. I'd, you know. I'd have to be honest with you. I like her. I can't help it. She's, she's, she's very... I was going to use the word common. I know that sounds awful, but I mean that in sort of... She's, she's an, I've met a lot of politicians over the years, and some of them are really stuck up. I could name people you go, oh, they're funny, aren't they? No, they're not. They're promising not. Some of them are so up their, their own selves. You know, she's actually quite human. You can have a laugh with her and a joke. About expenses and house painting and stuff like that. But she, she's, she is quite human. I promise you. Whereas, I mean, some of them, if, you, if you've met them, you, you're just ugh, horrified. Horrified. Uh, they, they found another sham wedding today. The vicar suspected something was odd when he noticed there was no sort of... Um, sort of romance between the two of them and the answer was because one of them knew nothing about his wife to be he was an illegal immigrant called Mohid Bello and uh, he's Nigerian and he was wedding a Dutch-born woman called Karina Messalina they'd never met before he'd handed over 3,000 quid all he knew about her was that she was big black like cigarettes and chicken burgers that's all he knew not the basis for a marriage is it for goodness sake Anyway, um, he was recruited at a music festival in Holland and uh, then they went along. And then it turned out that they went to check the address and it was student digs. And so they've, uh, they've sent him to prison, which is good. Uh, he's been jailed for 14 months. She's been jailed for a year and her sister for 300 days. I mean, they're just, they're just people who cheat the system. But it goes on all the time. You've just got to have an observant vicar. Sometimes the vicars are in on it. We had a case a short while ago of a vicar, didn't we? I think he was around my neck of the woods. And he'd married loads of people, because he was on backhanders, a bent vicar. I mean, it was unheard of years ago. A vicar who actually took backhanders... They don't know each other. No, it doesn't matter, I'm not bothered about that. £500, thank you. And he was taking backhanders on all these people getting married. Dreadful, isn't it, really? Dreadful. Uh, Other stories in the papers today. Trying to find something that is interesting. The space... Now, would you do this? Would you do this? They've got here... Um, a balloon, which they reckon will launch probably uh, within a couple of years, and it will take you up 22 miles above the Earth, and you're in a little capsule underneath it. And they've got a picture of this balloon. It's a vast balloon, 22 miles up. It'll cost you 90,000 quid. You can see the planet's curvature, and it's going to take five hours. So you will ride in the capsule with room for four people, two pilots, and it's a 433-diameter helium balloon. And they've got a picture of it, and the capsule is very tiny underneath. And this balloon is... Well, you wouldn't get me on this for love nor money. Not in a million years. You're in a little capsule suspended on some ropes or something. They reckon the test uh, flights will start in 2013. It'll go up, and it'll come... To, and I'm thinking, what happens if some bird pierces it on the... Oh, I couldn't even, And you're 22 miles up. We had those horrible pictures the other day of the poor man doing the wing walking who fell off in America to his death. And then that other thing as well, which was the bloke standing on the cliff face on a little one-foot-high ledge, and he was 1,700 foot up. That made me feel bad enough. Can you imagine being 22 miles up? 
They'd have to give you a parachute, wouldn't they? Well, I'm not sure, actually, if 22 miles up, when you came out of that, whether you'd better breathe, because you're, you're out of the Earth's atmosphere. I mean, it's a lovely idea, but you wouldn't get me in it. There's some poor bloke in the papers. He fell out of one of these rides at a theme park up in uh, Gloucestershire, I think. And I always worry about these rides, because I do sit there, and sometimes I, I do, th- as, you, as you're sitting on them, and I, I do quite like a white-knuckle ride, because I, I work on the assumption that if it's been round 20 times, it's got to be pretty safe, and the odds against it going when I'm on it are fairly non-existent. But you do sit there, don't you, thinking, just supposing this is the moment. My worst nightmare would be, would, would be to go on a roller coaster, and it goes up, 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 and then stops, and then jams. Or failing that, it just goes over the top and then jams. So you'll face it, well, I mean, that, that to me, I've gone sweaty palms already. Even thinking about these things makes me ill at this time of the morning. Although I do like them. I might take her next door to the Winter Wonderland in, um, in Hyde Park. Because re- the ride there... You don't, you don't like rides? Oh, right. Well, this isn't so much a ride. It's just a vertical up and down column. And, oh, you don't like that one? Oh, right. She's been, she doesn't like those at all. So we just have to do the coconut shy, I suppose. Or so, you know, <laughs> she could do the waltzers. Do you know, I don't think they had any waltzers... Last time round, they had loads of other things. There's a nice little thing. It's very good. It's um, it's um, it's sort of like a roller coaster, but you go round on a track, and you're kind of sitting in a car. But I tell you, it's even though it's not very big, it's very scary when it gets to the end and you appear to be coming out again. But when we went in this huge tower, all you've got is a little plastic bar that's holding. I keep thinking, say say it breaks and it, you fall out. I mean, I, I wouldn't like that idea at all. I really wouldn't like... In fact, even thinking... I mustn't think about it. It's going to make me very ill, actually. Anyway, nice to have you company this morning. Hope you are uh, well. Peter Noon and the Solid Silver Sixties are doing another show near here. So Noreen's booking again. She's already booked for one lot. Booking for the other one. And she says, I watched Prince Harry Arctic Heroes. It was excellent. I think you'd like it. I did see it. I happened to wake up particularly early. Did you not feel, though, that had it not had Prince Harry in it, they wouldn't have bothered filming it? It was only the fact that it was Prince Harry. Because I didn't know anybody else in it, and it wasn't of that interest. But it was Prince Harry we're looking at, who's really one of the boys, isn't it? That's why I think we, we like Harry. Whereas Williams, you know, terrible, terrible, pretty little thing. And, um, and then you've got Harry, he's like, oh, and he's, he's, he's the chain-smoking bloke that everybody likes. And uh, he was good. Mark the bailiff's up. Oh, dear, somebody will be repossessed in about an hour and a half's time. Best time to get them in the morning, when they're all fast asleep. Uh, 84850. Emma says, listening live for a nice change. I've had trouble sleeping due to feeling unwell. I'm usually a dedicated podcaster. Completely agree with your comments, Reed Jedward. Utter nightmares. Their voices go right through me. And only you can get away can get away with wearing such sparkly jackets. Yes, with them, don't, don't they look like those two oddities from next door with their little matching outfits? I mean, all their outfits, are, but it's their boots. They do look like they're out of Will-O-The-Wisp, and they do walk a bit like Thunderbirds puppets when they're going through the house. You watch them next time, and you'll go, they're Thunderbirds puppets. And then you realise just, I mean, they, they don't swear. They're just, they're just not very pleasant. And I don't know whether... They, they, they say it's an inbuilt thing, but every time one of the reviewers said yesterday somebody tried to give them a compliment, they threw it back in their face. They quite clearly don't want to engage with anybody in the house. They just want to do their own thing because they're on Planet Jedwood. For that read, immensely stupid, rude boys. They don't know how to treat women. They quite clearly have never kissed a girl in their life. I think to them, you go, have you ever kissed a girl? <laughs> John, have we ever kissed it? No, we have not. <laughs> Bit like, you know, when you say to little kids... 
Do you want to kiss her? No. And you see little kids on the television kissing each other and the other one falls over because they're not used to it. Generally at weddings, I'm afraid. Uh, 84850. Uh, Re-Amy Winehouse and alcohol-related deaths. As not many people realise, it's also worth mentioning that actually suddenly completely withdrawing from alcohol, if you've become dependent on it, can cause death itself, which is why medical advice should be sought beforehand before home detoxing. Well, she'd been seen by a doctor the night before. I think she'd been seen by the doctor and they'd said... And she'd apparently had said things to her father, but we don't know. She'd said, oh, I'm so glad I'm over the drugs thing. It's like giving up smoking. You know, I've said to people before, once a smoker, always a smoker. Even though you've given up for 20 years, you could have a cigarette and go back on it like that because it's it's very, very addictive. And alcohol, the same. Just being an alcoholic doesn't mean you drink a lot of alcohol. You can just drink a small amount and be an alcoholic. It's, It's an illness. And I don't know how much alcohol she'd ever drunk and whether she, she classed herself as an alcoholic. We'll, we'll, we'll never know the answers to that. As far as I know, there's, no, uh, there's nothing uh, written down anywhere. Yes, we have to report the death today of John Howard Davis. John Howard Davis, if you check him out, he appeared in Oliver Twist. He was a very well-spoken little boy. And uh, he had little blonde hair, but he went on to become a very, very, very successful TV producer. He did everything. All the major programmes, John Howard Davis's name was on there. But uh, he was a child star. One of those child stars we've often discussed on the programme. When you get somebody who's very successful as a child, can they make it as an adult actor? And 90% of them can't. Because their, their appeal goes. Even, you know, on the good ship Lollipop, the moment... Can't think of a name, actually. I can't think of a name. Shirley Temple. She, she tried to make it uh, as an adult actress, and unfortunately people didn't quite take it. They liked her as a little girl, the very talented girl, but not as an adult actress. This is LBC 97. Morning, everybody. 28 minutes to six. Are you well? I'm just asking generally. You don't need to send in a medical report. I'm not, you know, not, not kind of that interested. I'm just sort of doing a general thing. It's like people on the television, they go, nice to... Eamon Holmes the other day, bless his heart. He went, nice to see you. And I thought, he can't see into our sitting rooms, can he? I got a bit worried about things like that. No, exactly. No, no, no. <laughs> I think he'd take me on holiday. If he met me, he would want to take me on holiday. It, it, it would be a one-way ticket to hell, I'm feeling. But uh, you know, he'd lead like me. He, he, he would, I'll tell you what he would do. He would have to win me over. He would see that as a challenge. I remember talking to a famous comedian years ago who got pulled to pieces by Gary Bushell. Where is Gary Bushell now? Anyway, and, uh, and this, eventually this comedian did an interview with, with Gary Bushell. I said, what did you do? He said, it got him off my back. And it was true, he never worked. He, he, he never wrote about this comedian ever again in derogatory terms. So it, it, it does kind of work, actually. Anyway, so the other day, I'm up at the garden centre. I'm looking around because my hanging baskets have been, a, I mean, not a major disaster, but they're, they're not looking as good as they have done. And I know that the weather's gone a bit iffy and we've got the trees coming out, so we're very autumnal. There's leaves all over the place. And we're going, excuse me, it's August. And we, we didn't have some. I mean, summer vanished. You know, we've had a couple of exciting sunny days. We all go, wooey, it's a sunny day today. And then the next day, down comes the rain and it's chilly in the morning. And uh, so I go up to the garden centre, just have a look around. Well, they've started bringing out all the winter stuff. It's like you go into Marks and Spencers. Oh, I was telling you the other day, something about John Lewis, anyway. So you go to Marks and Spencers, all the summer stuff is now as sale items, and all the jumpers are out. They've got their jump... I mean, I think it's a bit early, don't you, to be buying jumpers in August? I mean, perhaps I'm wrong on that thing. Perhaps I've started looking at them, and I thought, you know, I'm not going to buy jumpers this year. You never... you, You wear them for one year, then you bring them out the next year, and you go, they look like last year's jumpers. Because they never look as good when you first buy them. I did buy a very nice white 
sort of like a, a fe- like a chunky knit jumper, the sort your mum would have knitted for you years ago. And I was I was wearing this chunky because I quite liked it. With it, it was it was. Do you remember? It was it was quite nice actually, and I quite liked it. I think I put on a bit of weight since then. So I might have buy another one this year. But anyway, all of that to one side. And so I go out and I go up to Squires Garden Centre. And there's about four of us wandering around outside, you know, looking at plants. You, you, have, to, you have to have a feeling for plants. Because I, I enjoy planting things up, and I, I, the plant has to talk to me, like, buy me, buy me, buy me. And I have to see this. And there's a little robin sitting inside, and he's chirping away like there's nobody's business. And this woman's standing underneath, looking up at this little robin. And, um, and I, I told you this the other week, and I've, I've only just found it again on my phone, because I have an app that, that is a robin song. And robins are very territorial. And when I go for my walk lunchtime, I see about three robins. I used to go and feed them. A very kind listener sent me in some some food for robins. And it was all sort of... I got a big jar of this stuff. It was mealworm and little crisps and stuff like that. And you put it down there. And they, and they almost seemed quite tame robins. I quite like them. People think you just see them at Christmas. No. You notice them more at Christmas because of the white snow. But the rest... Of, so there was this little one there. So then he... So we're all... There's two of us standing there watching him. So I, I get my phone out and I sort of play... The Robin song, which is it goes goes like this. Well, I kid you not, he went crackers. He went at he couldn't stop chirruping away. For, he obviously thought, you know, he was on a promise, and so every time he said, "So I'm, I would play this little thing, which comes from um, an app. I think it's called Birds UK, and it's got all the birds in the UK with all their songs, all their calls." And everything. Well, I've, I got endless amusement out of watching him replying to a recording. Because, you know, they're obviously not that bright robins. But it was the funniest thing ever. And this woman's getting really excited. She's very vocal. I said, just because I'm playing him a, a... I don't think she knew what I was doing. I'm playing him a call from another robin. <laughs> Which actually reminds me, somebody just sent in a thing saying, I would like to know what your listeners think of wind chimes. They probably think they're rubbish, actually. I mean, we've all had wind chimes before, haven't we? They're very nice. We've all bought little cheap ones. Then we bought expensive ones. Then we've gone for the wooden ones. And to be honest with you, I've never quite seen the purpose of them. People with gardens who like birds might find them an intrusion. Well, don't get them then. <laughs> don't get them. And a deterrent to songbirds. No, they're never a deterrent. Songbirds couldn't care less. They're not bothered about wind chimes. They're not going off like songbirds, are they? So wind chimes, they say, we found that our neighbours' wind chimes keep us awake. All oh, right. Well, you're obviously one of those, those peculiar people who go <laughs> off bird watching. People who sit there in a hide and go... I think I've just seen a lesser spotted tit. We'll write that one down. It's like it's like bus watchers. Do you get bus watchers? I can't remember if you get bus watchers. No, you don't get bus watchers. Do you? You get Oh, you get people that like buses. Oh, I like buses as well. I mean I've I've been on the on the on the route master and it's it's an old fashioned bus. I was talking to my driver this morning who halfway through he 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 said to me halfway he said, Should we do the um the embankment or straight through? I said, No, just straight through. And then he said, I must tell you, he said that I've listened to you for three years. And, of course, immediately I have to wake up now, don't I? So I'm, I'm sort of half asleep, so I've been listening to you for three years, he said. And you make me laugh, he said, in the final two hours of my shift. He said, you make me laugh. So it's because you know, you're coming to the end of a shift if you're driving, and you've got between five and seven, and you're feeling a bit tired, and you don't want to eat, so you have to go for a walk a bit later on. He said, so I listened to LBC. He said, and I listened to your programme. He said, and I, I did, he said, I've never picked you up before. He said, but I, I did phone, phone the controller to say, thank you very much indeed for giving me Steve Allen this morning. So then he wanted to know how old I was, so I said 42, and, uh, and then he looked in disbelief, and so then we added a few years, and then we sort of re- agreed on a compromise. So uh, he always listens to the programme every day. And I got one as well from somebody else, from a post office. And it ties into what we were talking about, post offices, 
uh, months and months ago when they closed the Twickenham post office and they moved it. It moved from Twickenham... Well, first of all, the original post office became a bar because it was a nice big building. It's a lovely big bar, but not, not my kind of thing at all, I'm afraid. I'm, I'm sort of more sort of country pubs with sort of soup where you can dip your bread in. Oh, Lord. I like a bowl of soup. I could eat a bowl of soup now. Yeah, bowl of country vegetable or something like that. Yeah. Anything or or, or cream of mushroom. Oh, lovely! That'd be nice with some with some fresh crusty bread mm. with butter on it. Yeah. Oh God! No, we mustn't. Don't think about food. She'll be raiding the chocolate cupboard very shortly. Mustn't think about food at all, uh, because I've been very good not having bread. I'm now into second week of no bread, and no. Um, cakes and no biscuits and practically no sweets, but I found some sweets yesterday that were sugar-free. So we go out yesterday, I meet my, my bank manager, she said, I'm, I'm in Kingston, uh, on a meet-up for a bite to eat. I said, yeah. So we went up there and we, we go to John Lewis, to their, their sort of restauranty thing there, which was very nice. We had, I'll tell you what we had, we had two small Caesar salads and two bottles of water. How much do you think? £18. This is for a self-service place. This is where you stand in a line with a tray in front of you. Now, the issue I've got is not... I mean, I think that's quite normal. I think it was £6.95 for the Caesar salads and a bottle of water is about £2. Profit must be incredible. But anyway, that's what they're in the business of doing. So I don't have a problem with that. It's the stupid bowl that they put the Caesar salad in. It's, it's, a, it's like a soup bowl, but at an angle. And it looks OK... But you can't rest your knife and fork. If it was on a plate, you can rest your knife and fork. So you end up putting your knife and fork on the table. It's really bad design. I would have thought John Lewis would have had this sussed out straight away. It's the most ridiculous thing we've ever done. And both of us said, "What do you, you put the knife and fork on and they slip off. I said, what are you supposed to do? So we ended up putting them on the, on the table. But 18, you might be thinking 18 pounds for two small Caesar salads, chicken Caesars, and two small bottles of water is a lot of money. I also, in fact, she came back and she said... I don't know how much that was, she said, but you don't get much change out of a £20 note. Which we didn't. So it was about £18 something. Uh, 84850, Rogan, yes, I did get the uh, the DVD of the 23 Paces to Baker Street. For some strange reason, I ordered a, a DVD for, for my bank manager and ordered it from America, and they've sent two copies. And this is Christmas in Connecticut. So she's got two copies of this thing now. She said, you've sent me a second one. I said, no, no, I only sent the one. I'm, I'm totally convinced I only sent one. Uh, 84850. Do you think Tara from Big Brother is stunning? Says Al. Not particularly, no. She's, uh, she's, this is Tara Reed, isn't it? Is it Tara Reed? No. I'm, I'm not, to be honest with you, I'm not um, a fan of Americans coming over here and starring in our TV programmes. Although, to be honest with you, they're all as bad as each other. I mean, they really are all as bad as each other. Uh, Kevin says, I'm also a Funfair fan. The ride at Winter Wonderland is called Power Tower. It'll be back this year. There was a waltzer there last year. It was John Thurston's Avalanche. Ah, it was the Avalanche. Yes, it's, it wasn't the waltzer, though, was it? This was the thing that went round. It was, it, it, it was built roughly on the same... It went up the top and came down again. It wasn't actually a waltzer, was it? Because I know what happened years ago, because I remember doing a, a documentary for LBC on Funfairs, and we did trailings who operate around the Richmond area. So you never find that funfair lorries go very far. They've only got a, a small circuit that they do. And uh, their waltzer used to be an animal ride years ago. You would sit on carved donkeys and, um, and uh, camels and stuff like that. Thank you, Poppet. Mm-hmm. And, and then they took it off. Then they put in the thing and they put in the waltzer cars. But, uh, so it's called Power Tower. Ta- I'm going to get her on Power Tower. Perhaps, perhaps if we give her enough booze, she won't know. I love it, though. I'm, in a big, I'm a big funfair fan. I love all the stuff 
that involves packing up and you move from town to town. I'm, I'm amazed, you know, with circuses. I love the idea of circuses, with or without animals. I'm really not that, that fussed, I'm afraid, because it's the only opportunity some kids get to ever see animals. And, uh, and I love fun fairs. In fact, you know, had I sort of been born into a show family, I'd have been more than happy. So, uh, John Thurston's Avalanche, but uh, the Power Tower. It's the tallest one in Europe, isn't it? And it travels. I'd love to see them packing it up. Because this thing is enormous. We were, I went on it twice. I took my, my former producer, Giles, on it. I wasn't totally convinced that he wanted to go on it, but I loved it. I loved it. I might get it, I mean, if I'm, perhaps I'm getting a bit old to scream on these things, but I do hang on to it for grim death. And I talk myself into it. I'm sitting up there, try, and I, I think if you just sit there, because you're above the trees, just and it's pitch black, I'm, I'm convinced you, you, you get a bit more frightened. So I, I talk to people. Talk to anybody. Steve, I've been on holes for six weeks. This is my last week, and I've got to get up, ev- and I've got to get up every morning just to listen to you. Uh, work at Westminster Abbey School. I'm going to miss you next week, says Denise, but going to pod you. You put a smile on my face every day. It's nice, isn't it? Actually, I love Westminster Abbey School. I've walked through there on many an occasion, because you can walk in, and it's very old, isn't it? So I don't know what you do there, Denise. It's something to do with, I've got a feeling it's something to do with food. I don't know why. i just got a feeling about food. Unless you're a choir mistress, but I didn't think they had choir mistresses there. Uh, 84850. Steve, let's vote the twins out of the house and see if they're so cocky, says Lee on the M23. Do you know, to be quite honest, they would be exactly the same. Even when one of them did this dreadful thing to Amy Childs, he just went, oh, sorry, Amy. And I thought, you've really got no idea, have you, what you did. You should not ever touch a woman like that. You know, I don't care. They're 19. They're supposed to be adults. Although, to be honest with you, they're not. But I bet you anything, Louis Walsh would say, oh, they're just lads having a bit of fun. No, they're not. No, they're not. They're not very nice people at all. Uh, helium balloons and funfair rides. Will you stop it? It took me all of yesterday to get your, your description, I'm afraid, of great heights. I cannot do heights. I cannot do them. I've got to stand on a, a stepladder later on to ten. I know I'm not going to be very good at it, but I'm going to be brave little soldier and try it, I think. Uh, Steve Reed, big brother, John Cleese on Parkinson years ago, said that famous people years ago were the likes of Lord Nelson and Wellington. Now anyone is. It's true, everybody has their five minutes of fame. It's the Andy Warhol thing, isn't it? Anybody can be famous for, I think, 15 minutes. 15 minutes of fame. You know, I'm lucky. I've had 32 years of it. And I've uh, been very lucky to be famous and uh, to be a huge success in the eyes of about five people. But it doesn't matter. I am known to a taxi driver in London at the moment. So there. So pfft, to everybody. I don't care. <laughs> well, I do a little bit, actually. I'm not, I'm not as famous as other people. Who cares? What is fame? It's nothing, is it? As long as you're doing something. You know, I think you could be just as famous in a shop. Just, well, maybe, maybe not. But you can be because you get regular customers that come in and go. It's like, you know, your hairdresser. I only get my hair cut mostly by Mariosh, because he cuts my hair, you know, I think, to give me that sort of chiselled look. And you shut your face next door. I'm telling you, I have a hairdresser. I know for you, it's a bit like a treasure map. I get it out and go, the hair is somewhere in this region. But uh, you do, you have, you have favourite hairdressers. That's why, you know, if they move, people say, if you move, tell me, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with you as well. So it's just the same as being on the radio. Oh, above. Quarter to six. <laughs> These are the headlines you're waking up to this morning. Colonel Gaddafi has vowed to fight to death or victory after rebel fighters took control of his compound in the Libyan capital, Tripoli. The end of Gaddafi's 42-year rule was effectively marked last night when rebels stormed the heavily fortified Bab al-Azir compound in the city. 
A man's been shot in Croydon. Police were called to a house in Moreland Road at just before nine o'clock last night to reports of gunshots. A man in his 20s is in hospital in a serious condition. And plans have been announced to make community sentences tougher. Unemployed criminals will have to work a five-day week, including one day hunting for a job. Double check on the roads for you this morning, shall we? Here she is, Jay Louise. Thank you, Steve. Good morning. If you're heading London bound on the M2... Morning, every 13, uh, 13, yeah, 13 minutes to uh, 6 is the time. Nice to have your company this morning. It's Wednesday morning in London town. We're coming to you live from Leicester Square. Very quiet out there today. Certainly very quiet, you know, when I came in earlier on. Uh, how do you like Carter's steam fair, says Jeremy? Yeah, I like them. We like Carter's. I like Carter's. It's like they actually turn up at Winter Wonderland as well. And so they have a section with all the Carter's stuff and their, their old-fashioned rides and things like that. I like it. Jeb, I think his son, looks after it now. Because uh, we used to use Carters on the programme all the time. Whenever they were in an area, he'd come in and talk about the uh, the rides, the dad. But Seb, the son, took it over now. I'd love to tour with a fun fair. An old-fashioned caravan winding down those country lanes and setting up. You can see me, can't you? Gypsy Rose Allen. It's funny you should say Gypsy, because yeah. that, I think, is going to be the next sort of... You know Gypsy Wedding or what a hit yes. it was on Channel 4? I think there'll be... There's I another think one. various people are coming up with sort of ideas around fun fairs and travelling circuses. Oh, good. And, and because it's that a sort of an immersive world, you can imagine. Oh, I love it. Really Down at... Um, oh, it's very near me. Can't remember. It's Feltham, I think. There is the, uh, the winter quarters for one of the fun fairs, right. and they pull all their wagons in. Because some of the... Uh, the funfair wagons, the actual living quarters, are huge. Yeah. But you're living in them for, I think, you know, four or five months of the year. Yeah. They're lovely, though. They really... I went in one that was with a circus, but um, uh, Billy Smarts, they came back, and you pushed a button, and the sides went out of the caravan and out the back as well, and it had three bedrooms, a kitchen, jacuzzi, bathroom, everything. Wow. But towed by a truck. Because they're, oh, they're lovely. I'd love to tour with a funfair. Oh, crikey, I could get used to that every night. Hot dogs and candy floss. Oh, Blimey. And where do they live, those people, when they're not touring? They, they live... <coughs> well, you, you, Traylin, surprisingly, have an advert in World's Fair. They actually supply static caravans, static houses, which you have... It, it, it's like a caravan, but it's not. It's got two little wheels, so you can never tow it anywhere. It has to arrive on a trailer. Right. And they're like chalets. And there's, there's lots of communities of show people. Because you, <laughs> there are lots of different people. You get, you get gypsies... Travellers who are nothing to do with gypsies. Then you get the funfair people and you get the circus people. They're all yeah. separate. Yeah. They're all separate. Although I think in funfairs, you, you tend to marry into somebody else's family. Okay. So that you've ended up with more rides and things like that. So and they all take their kids with them? Yes, absolutely. Oh, the kids, oh, the kids help out. Yeah, if, if you go to Hampton Court, you'll find, especially during the weekdays, all the kids are there helping set up the rides and everything. And then the kids go to local schools, depending on where they are? I don't know how are, it works, actually, in the schooling. schooling. I think it's homeschooling. Maybe a bit of homeschooling. Because they, they aren't going to go anywhere else, you know, unless they, they go into the funfair business. Yeah, or unless they leave it altogether. Yes. Which, why would you want to? I love it. The bright lights, the... Oh, dear, the smell. I just... Oh, I just get very excited. It's a I don't know why. It's odd, isn't it? though, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, no, it does have a romance to it, doesn't it? Well, I think so. I think it started for me when it was David Essex, All the Fun of the Fair. Oh, no, he was in Stardust, and that'll be the day. And he was working on a fun fair. Because all the girls used to go to the fun fair to be picked up by the bloke who worked on the waltzer. If he spun you round two or three times, that meant you were guaranteed a snog later. I went round 15 times. Nothing. Nothing, I'm telling you. Nothing at all. But it did not dull my interest. And circus the same. It turns up. You know, they, they, the tent goes up and then this village forms around it. Yeah. 
I love, but I'm told it's tough work. We were speaking to a guy, a friend of mine was the other day, who's in Cirque du Soleil. Yeah, which is a different, slightly different thing altogether, isn't it? Because that's he more said acrobatic. It's tough and, work. Yeah. He said they give you a diet you have to stick to. Yeah. You do exercises every day. They've got company doctors. Yeah. Uh, you do two performances a day. So you don't have to do anything. All your costumes are bought for you. Everything. They're looked after. He said, but you work very hard. He was a pickpocket working with Cirque du Soleil, yeah. and they were going off to Japan, and he didn't want to go to Japan. But so more, that's more, more like a sort of... I mean, the circuses and the travelling communities that you're describing sound very British or maybe Irish, but mm. sort of very within these shores. Yeah. Whereas Cirque du Soleil is an international brand, isn't it? It's more like working for Disney Magic or yes. doing one of the Disney shows. Yes, well, they, they have things... But he actually asked for more money, and they went, no. Yeah. And they found somebody else. A, you know, it, it used to happen years ago. People would ask for, for more money... And they would go, oh, all right, and they would give it to you, but they, they would feel a bit aggrieved. Now, people go, no, we haven't got any. Yeah. And you can either bluff it out or, or you can walk. Yeah. Become very difficult. Very difficult. Very difficult. I think in every industry. But the idea of being in a fun fair, I mean, I'd love to know how much tax they pay, because it's all cash business. Nobody turns up and goes, uh, we'll have four rides on the Dodgems, and I make the cheque payable to who? It doesn't work like that, does no, it? That everybody pays cash. Yeah. Things but are I'd more difficult it. now, though, aren't yes, they, really? I think so, Anyway, nice to see you, Mr. Levi. Nice to see you. I heard a phrase the other day that I hadn't heard for a long time. Personal statement. When you write your personal statement. What's Do you remember mean? writing your personal statement? What's it mean? When you're like a sixth former at school, before you go off to wherever you go off former. to. Never a sixth former. Well, if you're a sixth former, before you go off to wherever you go off to, whether it be work or school, you do a personal statement, which is sort of like a CV, but describing yourself. Oh, right. And I was just thinking of TV show ideas around the idea of a personal statement. What, what people we write all, about them. What people are, you know, because it's a way of expressing exactly who you are in a sort of short oh. document. And you have to come up with a page. So you have to say, my name's Steve Allen, and, you know, I'm interested in magic and broadcasting oh, right, and services yes. and handkerchiefs and fish fingers. <laughs> oh, how nice. Yes, that, that appeared in Golden Girls, where the, where the rather leery one who went out after the men said, said to Dorothy, who couldn't get the man, listen, Dorothy, you should write down three things about yourself, like, my name is, is Dorothy, I'm very attractive, I read, and something else. And so Dorothy goes, OK, my name is Dorothy, I'm very attractive. And they said, no, 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 things that apply to you. She said, write <laughs> to things that apply to you. <laughs> but, I, but I've still got my school reports. My brother's got them. Yeah. I think occasionally he looks at them and laughs, because he did better than me at school. Were you naughty? Um, I did get the cane, yes. Yeah. It seems a bit old-fashioned now, doesn't it, to get the cane, but I did get the cane, yes. Yeah. I didn't get expelled, Was I did leave school. Was there below cane, but above detention, like a no. slipper? No. Or a, a stick? No. No. No, it was... It was Went a, straight to cane. It was straight to cane. It was detention to cane. Uh, it wasn't even detention, it was a case of, if you misbehaved in class, it was a case of, go and stand outside... You're being reported to the headmaster. And then that was the And cane. that was the cane. And the headmaster administered... Yes. Yes. He used to have a... Our, our headmaster used to have a, a, a box of a mouth, and he would exercise them. There used to be a programme on the television with Jimmy Edwards called Wacko, and he played a headmaster in the flowing gowns and all the rest of it, yeah. and he used to exercise these canes. You could feel... Oh, dear, we used to have all sorts of tricks. You know, we were always told, if you actually tense your buttocks, it didn't hurt as much. Oh, but so we well a, did. It was a buttock thing, oh, rather than yeah. not a hand. No, 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 it was buttocks. Right. And then people used to say, perhaps if you put an exercise book in your, in your pants, yeah. it wouldn't hurt it. They knew. The moment you bent yeah. over the chair and they lifted your jacket up, that was it. Well, they could see the book. They could. Yeah, in my case, panic and fear. More subtle than a book. Yeah. And, and then people used to say afterwards, show us your marks. 
Yeah. You'd have to show people the wheel marks. It's all very bizarre when you think about it. That in itself could get you the cane. That in itself could get you the cane nowadays, <laughs> showing you the wheel marks on, on your bottom. And it's, you know, used to come, and it used to, you'd come out, you'd go, ow, really stung. Yeah. It hurt a it bit. That would very nice then sitting down in class. Well, you didn't, because after that you were sent up to the dormitory. Right. This, this was at prep school. Bearing in mind, we would have been nine. Yeah. Nine years old to get the cane. Not a teacher, though. You didn't mess around. Teacher, no. No, so it so, served us quite well. Yep. Never sort of went into a life of sort of wanting to be beaten all the time and things like that. But there you go, you know. Some people look at it as a pleasure. Not me, I'm afraid. Uh, in the <laughs> papers today, uh, it says, I've just bought a new iPod, says Liz. It's fantastic. I'm visiting family in Glasgow and thrilled to be lying in bed with you up here. Hello to Amanda. You hear Oh, hearing us on the iPod 2. Yeah, she's not got an iPod 2 next door. She's got, a, she's got an iPod, haven't you? We had dreadful trouble making it work. You've got an iPod Touch, so that's what you've got. She's got an iPod Touch. That was the precursor to the iPad, wasn't it? A sort of mini iPad, really, aren't they? They're like, oh, yeah, they're like got, iPhones yeah. that don't yes. make calls. Yes. But sort of... She had to take it back twice, because it didn't kind of sync with her computer. We had all sorts of trouble with yeah. the blooming thing. But uh, got it now. Uh, and Sal in Peckham is off to Cyprus tomorrow. tomorrow. And um, one here from Kevin, who says, What's with the anti-American sentiment? Where was that from? Where was that from? What anti-American sentiment? Maybe must be listening to a different No, station. I think you're listening to somebody else. The Funfair ride was called Noah's Ark. There you go. See, I knew you'd know. I knew you'd all know. My favourite ride at Carter's is Octopus and Skid, says James of Hook. He says, have a look at all the fun of the fair and European Coaster Club. Actually, I, I get World's Fair delivered every week. I get it from Miss Mr Modi. I love it. And it's got Funfair rides for sale. So I thought, if ever I wanted to join a Funfair, I'd just have to go and buy myself a set of Dodgems or a, a kiddies toy set or something like that, and I can go and tour with a funfair. Have a little caravan, do tomato soup every night. That could be quite nice. Well, you know, won't happen, but I quite fancy the idea. So uh, you've not been eating bread then? No. Two weeks now. That's really good. It did come with a piece of bread on my Caesar salad the other day, and I, I took it off, because I'm determined... I've had a wrap. I've had a couple of wraps, because I'm not classing that as bread. Right. I'm assuming... Is, is a wrap all right? I had one from over the road, which was an avocado, mm. and I had a four-bean one the other day. Yeah, well, and I'm thinking, good. but I don't want to do those every day, because no. they've got sometimes cream in and mayonnaise and stuff. You're having rice. And they can be quite calorific, so I'm just watching that. No, no, no cake, no biscuits, nothing. Any rice? Yeah, I did make the big mistake. It's OK to have rice, Yeah, it? but it pushed my sugar levels up. Not did it? hugely. I went from a 4.8 in the morning to a 6.2. What about a brown rice? Yeah, I haven't found that yet. But I, you have to check rice and see what it says on the packet. It's got loads and loads of ingredients. They've added stuff. And I did use Uncle Ben's packet rice, and I did notice it. The bit where you pull the patch out a little bit, yes. two minutes in the microwave, perfect. Well, I just pop it in a saucepan with a bit of water oh, ten and then add some bits and pieces on top of it. But that, that did make a difference. And then somebody said you shouldn't be having rice if you're diabetic. Oh. In fact, there's loads of things you shouldn't be having. We looked at the cakes in John Lewis the other day, and I remember thinking, oh, you know, they had the most beautiful muffins and scones. Oh, scones with bits of cherries in. With lashings of um, butter. Lashings of butter and cream and jam. It's making me feel ill. But uh, a friend of mine had to go to Bentles because it's the only place in Kingston that does Fruit Loops, which you get in America. Fruit Loops. Oh, Fruit Loops, that cereal. Yes. The multicoloured. Yes, they have a whole section of American food. It's amazing, isn't it? Anyway, more on that after the news next on LBC 97.3. A good friend of mine recently wanted to get an electrically operated recliner. Morning, London. It's nice to have you company. Welcome to Wednesday. It's August the 24th. 
It's practically payday if you get paid monthly. So Friday will be your, your payday, except for Jonathan Levi and me, probably. Yes, probably. Probably not. I'm, I'm always amazed when anything arrives in the bank. But uh, if you have just joined us, it's nice to have your company. 84850 steve at lbc.co.uk. Betty Blue Eyes is going to close next month. Uh, which is, you need to go see it. The reason you need to go see it, A, because it's very, very good, and secondly, because you will never see a singing pig like it before, you know, ever again. It sounds amazing. I've not seen it. Yeah, it, it didn't do particularly well with the audiences. When it first opened, and it's got lovely Sarah Lancashire in, yeah. um, it, it, it it didn't quite have Coach Party, to me, written on it. Because I think the public, um, they need to sell it outside of London, not just people in London. Yeah. You know, people going past it wasn't quite enough to have Cameron's name over it. But he's, he said he might resurrect it again. So who knows? So go and see that. And uh, also, John Howard Davis died of cancer at the age of 72. A child star. He was in Oliver Twist in the 1948 film, but he was the producer of Faulty Towers, The Good Life, Only Fools and Horses. He's got a string of programmes as, as long as your arm and beyond. Oh, well, rest in peace. They're yes, very absolutely. Successful. Very successful. Did very you see successful. that um, Nelson Mandela House, there's some sort of thing, I was reading in the paper the other day, that Del Boy's flat in Nelson yes. Mandela House was being recreated yes. with all the bits of old furniture and everything in some kind of block somewhere else. Yes. And people could win the opportunity to go and spend a night under Del Boy's um, sat in uh, sheets covered in tigers. Why would you want to? Leopard print, Leopard wasn't it, print or something? Yeah. In sheets. I don't know why you'd want to. I know. Because it, it is a bit dated. And I remember the last one. Do you remember the last one? After they won all the money yeah. with, the, uh, with the watch, which are always my favourite episode, always my favourite episode, and they ended up buying this pan- lovely house and all. And they go back to Nelson Mandela House yes. in the rolls that they've bought. It's a very moving scene. It was it? very moving, actually, yes. Yeah. I thought it was very moving. And that then sort of signalled the end of it. I was watching, um, yeah, yeah, it was, it was the end of it. It was funny, all that stuff in Spain, when it, on the jet ski and he was going out to sea and all that stuff. I mean, yes. There were some very funny, very, very funny bits. Some good moments there. In fact, they, they, they were talking to Rodney the other day and saying, what do you miss most? most? And he said, bloke who wrote it. Yeah. Because he was so good, yeah. Mr Sullivan. Very good indeed. Uh, Steve, I lived in America for over 20 years and the fun fairs sell tickets for all the rides and stalls so Uncle Sam gets his cut of taxes. Kind of ruins the atmosphere, but uh, in that country it tax, uh, taxes you, you must pay. Well, they do it here, but they don't do it for the tax reason. They do it so you buy a wristband yeah. and it's easier. So that way you, you go in and you buy a wristband which will, you know, or you buy tickets. And in fact, when you go to Winter Wonderland, no money changes hands. You queue up and you buy, I think we actually bought 50 tickets which I think was £50, so I think yeah. they were a pound a ticket, and then one ride will be four tickets. You tear off four and give them to them, yeah. and that way they then trade them back in for cash later. Yeah. So it, it, it does work better, actually. Much, much better. Um, question for you this morning. The public are being urged to challenge health and safety rules, which have hit things like kite flying and school sack races. They've said, on, I think, on Bridlington Beach, uh, no kite flying because they're worried that they might come down and hit somebody. Health and safety. Health and safety. Uh, Dodgem cars, you're not allowed to hit each other because it could produce whiplash. Yeah. So there's all these things coming in. Uh, the government said people should be encouraged to use their common sense. If, if only the government took that on board themselves. So ministers have published a list of the most bizarre bans uncovered by the health and safety executive. And I wonder, really, what health and safety laws would you abolish? You know, does it just not promote unruly behaviour? What, what would you abolish? OK. So what health and safety laws would you abolish? Because there's all sorts of stupid things in it. I mean, I have to be honest, 
you know, the seatbelt thing, you you hardly ever see people wearing seatbelts now. I see people all the time. And the other day... Well, no taxi drivers ever wear seatbelts, do they? I they think they don't... some kind of exemption? They have an exemption. They don't have to wear a seatbelt. But I saw the ultimate the other day, the, uh, the dust carts... I'm afraid I don't know the other name for them now. There's probably a posh name for them. But the men who come round and empty the bins. There was one bloke the other day, Saturday morning, I'm filling up. He's driving his his refuse collection cart, reversing around a pub with one hand. The other hand is eating his breakfast. And this is a council-run thing. The other time, you see them all sitting there with fags on. Well, you're not allowed to smoke in council vehicles. But they're all doing it. And if I'm watching it, everybody else must be doing, must be watching it as well. So what hope for the rest of us? So what health and safety laws would you abolish? Wouldn't getting rid of certain rules just promote reckless behaviour? 84850-LBC973. Just to find out, because there's all sorts of strange rules out there. Have you been watching X Factor, first one? Um, I didn't, actually, because I know that for the first few weeks it's people behaving badly. And we had a big discussion on LBC about it the other day, where we thought that within five minutes of the show starting, a man bared his bottom in family-run programme at eight o'clock, totally against all the rules. With seven or eight tattoos. Seven or eight tattoos. To be honest with you, I was surprised they were girls' names. He was so girly himself with one of these funny emo hairstyles. And he's pictured on the internet as well. He's been on Twitter and everything else. And we shouldn't have to see that. We had somebody being rude to Talisa. Yeah. And he's already been on the programme before, and that was filmed... Way back in July, we were told. Well, it, uh, th- these first programmes are all edited, you know, to death. You but know. should they put that out for a man who, who called her names that we cannot repeat on this programme, and yet they put them out on television? Yeah. And she sat there, you know, and Gary Barlow said, they have to listen to this foul-mouthed yob. Why, why do we put that up? We've just had riots in London, and this just emphasises the fact that if you behave badly, he made every paper the following day. Yeah. Every single paper, coverage. Now, I understand you would go down the same route... Because you'd be looking for coverage for a show, wouldn't you? Well, they they obviously want an enormous splash for the first episode. Yeah. But it's funny watching it. It does have the touch of the Jeremy. It's funny you should say all of that, because I was thinking when I was watching the first one that this new series, it does have a rawness and an edginess and stuff that's a bit different from previously. And it feels more like Ger- the Jeremy Kyle show than, yes. than ever before. The sort of hard blue colours and then the real rough, quite rough people. And the kind of way in which they use... But they can't sit... The bloke who, who was abusive to Talisa... I mean, if he'd had any sort of gift of singing, I could have understood it. Yeah. But he couldn't sing for Toffee. He was just a stupid numpty. Just a stupid little person with tattoos round his neck who's going to amount to nothing at all. He couldn't speak, so you couldn't give him a job anywhere. He's one of these wasted... But we put him on the television. There's another girl in there who's been in the papers every day. She apparently has been on 33 TV shows. Oh, in really? a desperate. She thinks she's a Britney Spears lookalike. No, you're not, dear. Well, we're not an enormous country. That's the trouble. So you do get, you know, within TV shows, there's an enormous amount of punters. But she's been on TV shows. She's been on uh, News 7 in Australia, News 8 in Australia, you know, television in Mumbai. She's done all the things where she seems to think she looks like Britney Spears or Lady Gaga. She looks like neither. She just looks like a sad, desperate person who's in all the papers. But from a casting producer point of view on TV, she's a good punter. Of course. She's a good bet. Of course. And she knows that she know you can, she'll do what you ask her to do, she'll come and yeah. she'll perform, she doesn't mind looking stupid, and, you know, so it's a, so it's a safe bet for a casting producer to go for people See, like Jonathan that. likes these sort of people. This is what we have to disagree, because it drives me mad. It drives me absolutely mad. But he likes these people, because he sees this as, as ratings for a, for a show. I understand how the system works, I understand exactly, and I've said to people, don't get wound up by the X Factor, they're making a TV programme to get huge ratings. That's what they have to do. If, if you know, if, if to it winds him... you up so much, the better. Absolutely. You know. The more it winds me up, the happier he is. News headlines with Sam Pittis.
After rebels took over his compound in Tripoli, Colonel Gaddafi... Morning, everybody. 17 minutes past six. Louis Walsh has said um, he doesn't like Cher Lloyd. He said she's got the wrong attitude. And to be honest with you, I don't like Cher Lloyd either. Uh, she hit number one and now disappeared. I don't think she'll appear there again, which is good news. Uh, Richard and Judy's ambitious little daughter, Chloe, says her lisp will not hold back her TV career. I think it could be an advantage, she says. No, the thing that's holding back your TV career is the fact you can't present. That's the only thing. It's got nothing to do with your lisp. Nobody cares about that. And Gavin Henson hopes his stint on The Bachelor will help him lose the title of Charlotte Church's ex. No, it will only just emphasise why you two are not together, because you're boring, I'm afraid. No personality at all. Gavin the Dullard Henson. Small, <laughs> how he ever made it into rugby, Lord alone. Gavin Henson. Well, he is, he's, I wonder what he would what be like on Channel 5. He is, is it, I've is seen it. it. Oh, have you seen it? I haven't oh, watched it yet. He is, I mean, put it this way, he looks a bit frightened, surrounded by some of these, I use the term loosely, women who yeah. are interested in him, yeah. because quite clearly there's a lot of desperados amongst the women. We've troweled on the makeup. They look as though they're the housewives from Orange County right. without the intelligence, although there's a ghastly woman in the housewives from Orange County called Tamara, she is evil. She doesn't even realise how vile she is. She's horrible. And all these, horrible. All these women are after our Gav. They're all fighting over they, it. What, what they have to do in, in Gavin's uh, little programme is Gavin comes on wearing a dinner jacket, looking like a complete dork. Yeah. And, orange. Um, he's, he's not quite orange, but uh, he doesn't have anything to say to anybody. A lot I of mean, hair gel. There's a lot of gel and makeup going on, I think. Yeah. And then the girls have to impress him. Well, to be quite honest... You know, if you lined all these girls up end to end, you know, there's not much to choose between them. There's a lot of made-up people who probably appeared on loads of other shows before. In fact, yeah. the girl he liked, I think, the first week had already been out with somebody in JLS. Well, most of them. So she's done on, the rounds most already. Most of them being on Take Me Out. They had well, exactly, and no they look like no lighty, no lighty. Yeah, no lighty, no lighty. That was such a good funny program, wasn't it? Because most of them, you actually thought, you know, you wouldn't want to light their lights anyway. No. They just look. They, 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 we seem to have this desperate lot of people now. Uh, who just want to appear on these sort of programmes. But to go out with Gavin Henson, the, the quality of conversation is going to be stilted, to say the least. He doesn't have anything to say to them. He just said to this one girl, who sounds like she gargles with broken glass, and she went out with somebody who was on a, who was on a boy band. And uh, she's not quite as butch as that. But he, he's sort of sitting there saying, you know, I, I like you because you seem genuine. I thought, no, she's desperate, dear. That's why she's on this programme. <laughs> you don't got a programme to embarrass yourself unless you want to forge a career. You know, mm. and, uh, you know and become like you know, Imogen Thomas or something like that. Reputation for sort of sleeping with loads of people. Well, it's not going so well for Channel 5, then, is it? Because that, that was meant to be a big show for them, and then Big Brother was meant to be a huge investment, massive show Big Brother's down to, I think, 2-point-something million. Two started with 5.1, and they've hemorrhaged 3 million already. Yeah, that's not too good, is it? They paid 220 million, I'm told, for the rights. Right. That seems like a lot of money. Oh. And then there's a piece in the paper today saying Leilani Dowding. Is, is back in the country. Leilani Dowding. Why does that name ring a bell? Well, exactly. Leilani Dowding was a page three girl from years ago. She oh. decided to go into it because she met two page three girls and discovered that, uh, that they weren't regarded as just cheap trash if they appeared in the newspapers bearing all. Well, they've got interesting things to say each morning. Sometimes they tell us about global politics. Yes. Sometimes there's... about the environment. Yes, absolutely. In fact, you... little quote. I, could, I can probably find one today Let's in the paper for you. Today. The one today is Rianne from Manchester. Yeah. Rianne's 24. She's quite clearly bleached her hair very badly. And she's got a little tattoo on her navel, which is lovely. And uh, she couldn't help laughing after hearing how Sir Richard Branson ran naked from his bed to deal with the fire in his Caribbean island. She said it was a bizarre event, but nobody could accuse him of being spineless. 
Well, there you go. She got a finger on the pulse. Good old Rianne there got a finger on. on the pulse of the world news. The world news. And she's 24, so she's from Manchester. But Leilani, they say in the paper today, has been dating loads of Hollywood hotties. No, she hasn't. She hasn't done anything at all. In fact, the only thing she... I mean, she has been. She's been a guest on various television shows, like Modelling on the Big Breakfast. How long ago was that? Yeah. This Morning... Faking it, celebrity wrestling and celebrity fear factor. And she enjoyed a season in pantomime as Tiger Lily and Peter Pan. So her career's gone really well ever since she dated a footballer. Yeah. And that's what she does. She dates footballers, I'm afraid. But, and so she's back in the country and obviously touting for work. But apparently she was the page three girl they all wanted because she was intelligent. I don't remember people doing that. They popped her on a few programmes, which is just another topless girl, I'm afraid. You know, comes from Bournemouth, so one of your own, eh, down there. So what health and safety laws would you abolish? Wouldn't getting rid of certain rules just promote reckless behaviour? 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Joe would get rid of the annual safety check on stepladders. We've seen that bloke on the television who puts up a stepladder to change a thing. And the reason he fell off is because they gave him the wrong stepladder. And he's going to one of these ambulance-chasing companies. They gave me the wrong stepladder. You thought, you're a man who installs aerials. Surely you would have an idea in your tiny little brain of what would be the right stepladder. And unfortunately, in his case, he didn't have anybody standing at the bottom, which you're supposed to have now. Somebody's got to stand there to make sure that it's, uh, it's fairly safe. Uh, on the subject of, uh, of John Lewis, uh, Elizabeth was there yesterday and said uh, they are expensive. Because I thought two little si- chicken Caesars and two bottles of water, £18. Oh, that's, that's quite a lot of money, isn't is it, really? Is that in the John Lewis sort of food hall bit, or that Waitrose... No, it's upstairs on the oh, first the, floor. Oh, to eat there. Yes. Yeah. yeah, no, it's an expensive shop. I thought that was quite it's expensive, nice £18. Place, pounds. Though, isn't it, really, John Lewis? Yes, I, I, I like it. I mean, I, I do enjoy going through there. Yeah. It was quite good. We, 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 we saw a rubber shaped like a duck, which was very exciting. <laughs> You know, for children, so yeah. rub things out, which was quite little, a little. But it was the tiniest rubber duck you've ever seen. I mean, it really was absolute miniature, absolute miniature. Uh, one here that says, what Jed would do is an act, says Ali. It was probably not at the start, but as they grew up, they must have realised it was easy money. Being stupid and rude is part of the act. Come on, nobody can be that stupid. I think they are. I mean, I, I, I agree that part of it is an act. I'm just completely over Jedward. Oh, me no too. Having them. seen this rude side of them and how disgusting they are to women... I mean, they really have got no... They've got no manners at all. They're just faintly incredibly amusing X Factor when they were leaping about yes. for the first time. First yeah. time. Pogo sticking about. Quite funny. Novelty act. But you They're watch them walking now. in their silly little outfits. Yeah. They do look like Thunderbirds puppets. And we like Thunderbirds. But, uh, but not, uh, not, I'm afraid, do we like uh, Jedward anymore. We've gone right off them. There's quite, a, quite an interesting story in the papers today about crafty Brits saving a billion pounds a week with vouchers. And there's all sorts of mm. codes and vouchers and discount codes. People on these schemes and internet things where you get forwarded offers and things especially online then you get an offer and then you can sort of put the code in and get things cheaper lots of them are for sort of uh beauty treatments and haircuts and and dental treatments and all that kind of thing but i was talking to somebody the other day who works in a beauty salon who said something very interesting which is that they subscribe this beauty salon i was talking to this woman who works in they subscribe to all these offers and codes from from the other point of view not from the consumer point of view but from the point of view of, 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 of the business. Right. And all they do, simply, is put their trainees that have never done a treatment like that ever before to do the treatment for the people that are doing it through the, the voucher scheme. Yeah. The, the discount thing. So because as far as they're concerned, it's a great training ground because they'll never get the repeat business. So it's very... So it's very... Mm. So you think that you're getting, you know, a sort of a, 
on a £150 facial for £39. And you think, oh, fantastic. You know, yeah. But you're getting it with somebody that's never done it before, who's doing it for the first time and practising on you. And you'll never go back, and they don't mind. They know you'll never go back. Do you remember seeing the, these vouchers the in the paper, and it would say, get a discount off on this meal at wherever it happens to be. You have to present this voucher when you order. Yeah. And I'm always thinking... Why are you getting a different meal? And the answer is there's a fish and chip shop round our way that does smaller fish for rugby days. Right. Because they like ripping the fans off. So they don't do the same size fish. But I've seen these things. It's it, uh, probably some in the paper today. You know, discount at wherever it happens to be. Yeah. At a big chain. But tell your waitress when you're ordering that you've got the voucher. I'm thinking, is there a different sort of smaller portion that you're getting? So they'll give you the rubbish. Why do, why, or, or why do you have to tell them beforehand different. then? Yeah, yeah but you, you just present it when, when the bill comes. Well, exactly. Yeah, but I don't, I don't trust them. I think they're giving smaller portions. Smaller portions or something. Yeah. Less quality or something. But I th- but beware, especially with beauty treatments and things, beware of yes. booking or giving gifts to people yeah. and thinking that you're being nice, getting somebody a £150 facial for 30 quid, because when they get there, it'll be done by somebody that's never done it before yeah. and they'll never go back. Yes, I have to be honest. I mean, I think beauty treatments, are, they can make up prices as they go along. You could say, how much does it cost to do your nails? You know, can you get a full set of nails for 50 quid? You go somewhere else, it'd be £100. Yeah. It's like, I never understand why women's hair costs twice as much to cut as men's hair. You can, you can go and get a man's hair cut today, down the road from here, for a fiver. Women, you'd be lucky to pay £20 if you wanted a haircut. Well, this is a bit more skilled, though, isn't it? Because if you've got a sort of, um, if, you've got, if you've got a razor and you just sit the bloke down and put a yeah. towel over their neck and roughly shave their head, well, it's, a have a to, it's a bit different. It's a bit different. Scissor over comb and, a, and, a, and layering. Is it? Well, I don't know. I, mean, I have my hair layered and uh, not on my head, I hasten to add. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm paying for, for, for a skill with a we pair of scissors. We can pay through the nose. We could go somewhere very yeah. posh. We could go to Nicky Clark and get our hair cut. Yes. And, and it, it would cost a lot. I, I saw a thing the other day in Kingston. It was a hairdresser. It was a women's hairdresser, but they do men's hair for £15. And I'm thinking, yeah. why would you spend 15 quid? You don't get it done for a fiver. It's only, a, as you say, a pair of clippers or scissors or whatever you want. Yeah. I, I think it. Uh, Louise says, uh, just to let you know, as soon as my husband gets up for work at 5am, you're switched on straight away. I certainly am. Thank you for that. Very much indeed. I like it when people sort of wake up first thing in the morning. Uh, Steve says, Pat, can you bring your show to the Blackheath Halls? Uh, Nick Ferrari could come along to cheer you up and buy you a drink. I'd, I'd, I'd have to sell him a ticket. I don't think I would uh, actually give him a free seat. We don't do things like that. Very strict rules on that one. Uh, Nicolette says, I live in Germany. And I first heard about LBC watching James Whale on Sky News. Listen to your programme one morning, and now I'm hooked. There you go. That's all we need to hear. That's all we need to hear from people. As long as you're hooked, I'm quite happy with that one. And I did get one from, uh, from Shailesh Patel. I'll tell you why it's relevant, not just to Twickenham, but to a lot of other people listening, because people have been listening for years and years to this programme, and very grateful we are too. So I should tell you what he said after this. LBC 97.3 Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. Lynn says, do you think winter's on the way? Because the trees are turning their autumnal colours. Certainly seems like it, doesn't it? It absolutely seems like it. Uh, Paul says, yet again, we're all proved right about the Jedwood boys. The business of not being able to clean was no surprise. When they first came to prominence, there was a show filmed where they were stuck in a penthouse flat in Dublin. By the end of it, the whole flat was trashed. They couldn't... As I remember, it was absolutely filthy. I mean, they really have no... I think the trouble is that they're, they're just very young children who don't know about cleaning or anything like that. I mean, they, they, even by themselves, they couldn't survive. He said, uh, in the end, that they had the business because they, they tried to separate them in their beds and put one bed in one room, and the boys moved the beds back in again. 
and uh, they, 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 they haven't ever been filmed kissing girls. I don't think they do kissing, actually. And uh, I did read the interview with the guy who bought the Amy Winehouse Foundation name as he said he'd done nothing wrong. And as you said, nothing to stop Mitch using it by underscoring it. And exactly, people could see, you could just go amy-winehousefoundation-.org or whatever it happens to be. You know, it's ridiculous. I mean, you know, people can tell the difference between my Steve Allen site and Steve Allen in America. When I talked to Sharon Gless the other day, she said, you know, we had a very famous Steve Allen in America. So I said, yes, I said, but he, he's dead. I said, I had a lot of people writing to me saying, we have no idea you died, you know, some years ago. So, and there is a new celebrity come dine with me coming up next week, uh, which is an athletics themed one, a real blast from the past. One of the contestants is Zola Budd, Mary Decker, that, that was the incident, and they've got Chris Akabusi and Fatima Whitbread. Yes, Chris Akabusi, a little bit fake, I'm afraid. I worked with Chris Akabusi once. He wasn't, you know, everybody sees him as laughing all the He wasn't laughing all the time here on this one. I think people just do it. It's like Rusty Lee on the table. Ha ha You know, and all that kind of stuff. Turns out there's quite a serious side to these people. That sounds quite boring, actually, Celebrity Come Dine With Me. Whatever happened to the celebrity coach trip with the two people who hang around with Jordan? Oh, we... <laughs> well, where did that one go? Have I missed that? You haven't mentioned them for 25 I minutes. I haven't mentioned them for... Well, I've not days, mentioned really. Jordan. have mentioned them for a while. But she's in the paper today because she's saying to Dwight York, uh, come and visit your son Harvey. Right. And then she says something... Sorry? She's in the paper today. Well, no, she's... Well, she's... No, she's told him, come and visit Harvey, because he hasn't visited for three years. So she's saying, come and visit Harvey. She said, I know that Peter's his dad. No, he's not. Dwight York's his father. But he's not visited for three years. And she said, he likes playing football. Come and play football with him. She said, let's put bygones... Be bygones. ...behind us. Oh. So obviously they had some falling out or something. And it's all gone a, a little bit pear-shaped. Very strange. Very, very strange. strange. Hollywood legend Elizabeth Taylor has been named the photogenic, most photogenic star of all time. Cleopatra Beauty, who died in March, age 79, beat Jennifer Aniston into second place with footballer David Beckham as third. Jennifer so, Aniston in second Aniston place. In second place. So it goes Elizabeth Taylor, yeah. Jennifer Aniston, and then David Beckham. Oh, for goodness sake. Who's this from? Um, MyMemory.com. There you go. There's somebody just going out and commissioning something. Who do you really fancy? Ask David Beckham. (laughs) (laughs) And then I told you years ago, I used to have a friend of mine, and uh, he used to work for a a hospital radio station, and he had a a neat trick of getting celebrities onto his programme, and he got everybody on there. What he did was he invented... Because hospital radios have very small audiences, because you go to hospital, you don't listen to hospital radio, you no. listen to what you listen to normally. And he used to have these pretend things where he'd get the listeners to vote, and he made up on his, uh, on his computer scrolls with, you know, something like, David Beckham has been voted the most fanciable person in living memory, blah, blah, blah. And he would have these scrolls, scrolls printed up, send them off to their agents, and he'd get a phone interview with them. So he used to get all these celebrities, because they, they got, oh, you can't turn somebody down if they say, listen, listeners to my show have just voted you know, Simon Cowell as the most fanciful man ever. You'd be churlish if, if you send somebody a scroll in the post not for them to not to do that. a quick no, interview. So we used to get everybody. That's very great, good. Great, great wheeze. We had very good listener figures. Very good listener figures after that. I must try it myself, I think. Definitely try it. Vitamix, no, I don't have a Vitamix. This is this... What is Vitamix? It's a food processor, oh. which they sell on the television for £399, and that's reconditioned. They sell it in John Lewis for 425 and the refurb ones have got all new motors and everything else in them. It's just that you, you, you can buy a refurb one much cheaper. But I don't have... Jason's got one. A lot of people swear by it. Jean says, health and safety, I'd like to see abolished. Kids not being able to play conkers. 
Because you remember, you could... Mind you, we used to do ourselves serious damage with conkers. If it hit your hand, you'd be... <laughs> yeah, could really hurt. Blooming hurt. Yeah. Or if the conker came off. Bin's Minor in our school had a very nasty experience with a conker, which we can't go into Bins now. Bin's Minor. Bin's Minor. <laughs> Page three in the Daily Star, there's a picture of Wayne Rooney. Looks like his hair transplant's taking a yes, bit better now. Yes, it does, doesn't it? It's better. Should do for how much money did he spend? It was a lot of money. £30,000. Thirty thousand. Well, it, it's 30, worked. Haircut. It has worked. Hairstyle. Looks good. Yes. Uh, and Lynn says, at my new place of work, due to health and safety, we're not allowed to wash our coffee cups with scrubbers or dishcloths. Yes, we have, we have dish washing machines in all the kitchens here. We don't have... You're not allowed to do it. I mean, there is, a, there is a scrubber up there, I believe. Is there a scrubber up there? I think there's a scrubber um, up there. No, there's a kind of a cloth. Oh, a cloth thing. That's a bit smelly. Oh, is it? Yeah. yeah. But, but, but we, we have the dishwasher. But nobody ever fills the thing up apart from the poor woman in the morning, the cleaner. She's, she's so harsh this morning. Let's not even talk about what we stirred our coffee with this morning. <laughs> no, no spoons that. are a thing we of the past. <laughs> I like the idea. Now, I got this, this letter from, uh, from Shailesh Patel, who's an avid listener, oh, yes. on the, uh, in the morning, on his way to work from Purley to Clapham. Great show, he says, long mate. Continue. I first heard that the post office in Twickenham had closed when you mentioned it on the radio one morning. Then the next day you corrected yourself and announced that the post office was still there, but the shop had closed. Because the shop closed at the... It was all very confusing. The reason it caught my attention is that we have another post office in Purley, and all post office matters in the media interest me. Never in my wildest dreams did I think I would one day be writing to you to say I'm now the postmaster of the post office you talked about nearly a year ago. And uh, they're now moving next to the Job Centre, which is 63 London Road in Twickenham, and they open, I think, uh, early September. So he's invited me to a preview. Of a post office. I've never been invited to a preview of a post office before. Do you get a free stamp or something? Free, yeah, Perhaps I could post, post myself somewhere. So, Shailesh, thank you very much indeed for that. And it's opposite Waitrose, which is where they're going in. Quite a lot of um, post offices are moving inside supermarkets, aren't they? In my local That's supermarket, what we there's a little post office inside it now. That's where it is. Or WH Smith. sort of makes sense, doesn't it, for them to be implanted yes. inside somewhere like that? Yes, I like that. Uh, Robbie says, ban the egg and spoon race. Poor egg. They don't, anything that involves people running and holding things where you can trip over. And I suppose you could impale yourself on the spoon. Are they raw eggs or cooked eggs? No. Well, we used to use raw or plastic eggs. eggs. No, well, probably plastic eggs now. In well, the sack race. Because of health and safety. Yes, for Otherwise, you get salmonella. Yes. Because if you've tripped, mm. fell on the egg, and then a bit of raw yolk went in your mouth, yes. you could get um, E. coli. But I, th- I thought it was, always, it was always raw eggs, wasn't it? I thought so, anyway. Graham and Ricelip says John Howard Davis was also the original Tom Brown. Love that book, Tom Brown's School Days. Boy's book, not, not for you, Amanda. I like Just William. She, she, oh, Just William was good, by yeah. Rishmel Crompton. Who turns uh, out to be a woman. Who turns out to be a woman, yes. Yeah. I always yeah. thought it was a guy when I was a child. Because everybody was... thought it was Richard Crompton, but it's it Rishmel Crompton. Crompton. She was probably really reading The Naughtiest Girl at School and Mallory Towers and stuff like that next door. Little Women. Sorry? Little Women. She can't help it, it's not her fault. She was L- born that size. Little House. Do you know I watched that programme on the television about the dwarfs the other day? Seven dwarfs. That, I don't quite see the purpose of it. I'm, I started watching it and I turned it because there's two people in the kitchen stuffing their face with food. I thought, what's interesting about that is the fact that they're, they're just small people. I didn't... Well, there was one uh, dressed as an umpa-lumpa on a stag night. Who cares? I really didn't see the purpose of that. Pro- I know it was filmed ages ago. But we must find out what happened to Celebrity Coach Trip with, with uh, Jordan's makeup artists. Perhaps they've shelved it. Um, 
Surely Trading Standard should look at that voucher story, says Alan the Postman. Love listening every morning. A postman, honestly. I know a lot of postmen. I like postmen. I like our postman. He was always very good. And Helga says, I'm always wary of restaurants who offer two or three course set lunches for a fixed price. I'm sure the portions are smaller than if you order two or three items separately. We used to go to a Chinese restaurant. Shows how old I am. £1.29. Or you can for eat. two courses. Oh, two courses. No, we didn't have all you can eat then. The students would have taken advantage of it. So, there you go. Steve, the Polish barber for £5 in Hounslow is always full. You see, it's a fiver haircut. It's well, only... How much do you pay? I bet you pay loads. Uh, uh, go on, here we go. Truth. <coughs> go on. Uh, loads. More than, more than 20. More than 20. More than 20. More than 20. God, she doesn't spend that much on her hair. The thing is... I'm speechless. Is it more than 30? It's more than 30, it's, I can tell. It's more than 30. Do, 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 do they give you a cup of coffee and... You have to pay extra. They pay extra for coffee? Yeah. For £30. More than 30 More than 30 I do know a celebrity hairdresser down just off uh, Euston Road who'll be listening at the moment, but yeah. it's more, they, more than 30 More, more than 30 more They than can 40? charge a lot of money, can't they, hairdressers? I Not get for one, me. I ask one of the... Che- I get one of the cheaper ones. Oh, che- yeah. What, how often do you get it done? I'm going there this morning. Oh, really? Yeah, He's on his way? This morning. Yeah. That's a lot of money, isn't it? Yeah. I do, but but do you, do you go in there and you go, good morning, Mr Levi? It's just the same person I go to each oh, time. Right. OK. But, um, <laughs> cut my hair short. And so I a lot like of money. Does your wife spend a lot of money on her hair? Um, well, well, a lot of women do, don't they? Because they have highlights and colour and all that. Yeah, but you're not having highlights or colour. No, I know, but no. she spends a lot of money on her. Right. It just costs a lot of money, doesn't it? <laughs> um, oh, it can do. Obviously, <laughs> it's cheap if you get it, you know, done in the barbers. Anne in Vienna, Chris Scott. I was at the Eurovision Song Contest this year working with uh, the Nadine Bieler from Austria, and I met Jedwood. All I could think about was Bill and Ben, the flowerpot men. Yeah. They are like that. They do walk like that. They do walk... They, 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 they can't walk normally. They wear these funny little outfits. Thunderbirds is great, though. Love you, says Anne, in Vienna. Love Vienna. Absolutely love Vienna. One of my favourite places. Uh, Steve, I'm listening to you having breakfast in the sunshine, says Alice. I'm in Mauritius. Oh, lovely. Which we're, we're plus three hours, so they're coming up quarter to ten in the morning. Oh, that's very it's nice. nice, isn't it? I could Lying do that. on a glorious beach and looking at the sea. Yeah, it's funny, though. lapping along. Yeah, I get a lot of people listening, sitting on beaches, but listening to LBC. You'd think if you were sitting on a beach... Because people take you on holiday. I know. I've been on more holidays this year than, than Colleen Rooney. People take you all over the world, and then they listen to you on a podcast on the aeroplane. Yes, well, I don't mind that. I like the podcasting bit. Yeah. I think the podcasting bit's very good. I'm very happy about that. We are still number one in, in the podcasting, which is, which is very good news. Some this morning, they're, they're talking about... Um, uh, Jackie Smith, you can hear Jackie this morning on LBC at 10 o'clock. I tell you, I think she's very human. Yeah. Very human person. She, she's had a few mistakes, but she's, she's paid for it. Quite an interesting person to She is very show. interesting. Very, very, very interesting. Yeah, very Amy, it wasn't drugs, nothing illegal. And this is on the front page, and then they've got exclusive Dad Mitch talks to the Sun and the Mirror and the Star and the Express and just about anybody else he can get his hands on. Uh, they're thinking of uh, electrifying Jedward. I wish they weren't. I really wish... Apparently they've got these things built into their clothes that if they go within 15 feet of each other, they get an electric shock. Couldn't we make it a mile? <laughs> make it more interesting for us. And, uh, and we're still looking for Colonel Gaddafi. Take us into the tunnels. That's what I want to see. I want to see the tunnels underneath his, uh, his secure residence in Tripoli, which isn't secure anymore. For his head, as they call him. Yes. We're making predictions now. People are saying, will he be found alive? I think there'll be another shootout. Yeah, I think he'll be found in a hole, and then there'll be a shootout and you'll die. Yes, I think that's what will happen. But uh, you'll hear it first on LBC 97.3. Sue Johnson, the actress, has uh, sold her story. She's got a book out. 
And, uh, very interesting. I've always liked Sue Johnston, actually. I was re-watching, um, because I was watching 4OD or something, re-watching some old episodes of Brookside the other yes. day and saw it. She's very good at this. Very good. Very, very, very good. strong storylines yeah. in that programme. Some very, very good stuff. Quarter to seven. <laughs> News headlines at Sam Pittis. Colonel Gaddafi has vowed to fight to death or victory. The Nick and the team with you this morning. Just after the news at seven o'clock. Uh, Val says as grown-ups working for a major retailer, we're no longer allowed to sell lighter fluid to other grown-ups to fill up their lighters. That's insane. Well, there was a woman who was stopped buying, do you remember from one shop, Christmas crackers? Because they've got an explosive in them. And, and they didn't think she, she looked old enough. Sack races were banned on school sports days so children don't fall and twist their ankles. Oh, well, I agree with that. I mean, that's ridiculous. Have you ever been in the sack and tried to run? Ridiculous. Of course you fall over. Well, that's the point. Oh, is it? Oh, right. Oh, I think. <laughs> and then b- banning royal wedding street parties because the bunting wasn't high enough for fire yes. engines to get through. Remember yes, that? I remember that one very, very well indeed. Yes. It's, it's, it's all very odd that the things that are, that are put there... Sometimes you, it, it's like putting a sign on an ice rink, careful you might fall over. Yeah. So perhaps we should ban ice rinks. And then Henman Hill, that was renamed Murray Mount, that oh, was closed right. when it was wet so people didn't slip. Yes. Yes, it's true, actually. Yes. Because you, you, I mean, you, you can't trust anybody nowadays, can you? Tom Watson is looking at the papers with Nick Ferrari this morning. He's a Labour MP for West Bromwich East and sits on the Culture, Media and Sports Select Committee. Uh, Nick will be bringing you a live update from Washington, D.C. in the aftermath of this earthquake. I think it lasted about a minute. But it just goes to prove that the stuff going on under the ground, that we've got no idea what no. it is. And all the Where Capitol Hill from? and the Pentagon, they're yes. all shaking. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. And uh, Nick will be talking to Tom, who's risen to prominence, of course, during the recent phone hacking saga. In fact, he was always on the television. Uh, Nick will be discussing the decision to not award Olympic tickets for shooting events to children. We'll be speaking to the prisons minister, Crispin Blunt, about the new harsher community sentence procedures. All of that coming up from seven o'clock this morning. We're very lucky, aren't we, not having earthquakes or dangerous spiders <laughs> or snakes. Listen, they've really. never had I mean, one in living memory and they got one. We might get one. Yeah, but we haven't really... We, we don't have a history of them here, do we? Whereas, there, are, you know, a lot of the countries are very prone to earthquakes. Well, we were talking about wasps last week, which we don't like. But yeah. it's a minor irritant in comparison to the spiders and snakes and sort of scorpions and things that in a lot of countries are... Yes. We don't even really have mosquitoes. Well, we have our really rickshaws and uh, hot dog sellers on the streets to poison uh, us. Unlicensed minicabs. Unlicensed minicabs, yes. health and safety problems. Yes. In fact, I, unlicensed minicabs, I saw a load the other night outside a top nightclub in London. And it's all these big, burly blokes standing on the street corner. Opposite them, two policemen. So quite clearly, the police are... Oh, lovely. Got, well, blimey, you've got a fanfare into some of my stories now. But quite clearly, the, the police actually sort of don't encourage it, but they're not going to do anything about it. Oh. Which is a bit of a shame. By the way, have you ever considered selling gold? You know, you see these... Cash for gold. Cash for gold. And all of that. They don't give you much for it, I don't They don't. Shops. They don't. They yeah. say here, they've had, which have done a survey, uh, one postal firm offered a fraction of the original price. In one case, for a £115 bracelet... £6.43. It's really scandalous. Yes. I was quite friendly with a, uh, a woman who started going out with this guy, and um, she asked him what he did, and it turned out that he ran one of those companies, yeah. and she went back to his house, and he lived in a flat that was full. There were rooms. He showed her some of the bedrooms. They were literally full of envelopes and jiffy bags and things, full of bracelets, just full of gold. His yes. flat was just absolutely stuffed full of gold. Yeah. And the percentage of value that they send back is scandalous. Yes. Because what, what people do, they actually say, send it in to us, we will tell you how much it's worth. We'll give you a fair market price. Yes. In fact, we will even pay above the odds. Above the odds. It will beat all our competitors. Yes. And then you go, I don't want that, send me my gold back. 
You literally get you, you try getting it back. Yeah, they won't give it to you back. No, and you literally get a few percent of its value. Yes. Well, we, we've heard cases before where they have tested. They've sort of sent out two hundred pounds worth, and back have come everything from ten pounds up to sixty. Yeah. So the idea is don't. Although pawnbroking is rising now, we are pawning more things. Well, people need money, don't they? Your payday loans, there's all those things, aren't there? There's yeah. so many. You've seen the percentages. It's the percentages it's, that oh, get terrible. me. There was one the other day. A payday. Get a loan until payday. We only charge one thousand seven hundred thirty-two percent. And I thought that looks quite cheap because a similar company was charging five thousand percent plus. Yeah. And you cannot believe they're allowed to get away with it. It's perfectly legal, but how desperate do you have to be? So if you're in the poverty trap well, and you need money, people. it hits the poorest people. So the poorest people lose the most. Rich people are laughing, you know, yeah. because they wouldn't go to somebody like that. Your first port of call would be the bank. Yeah. If the bank say no, then you're not a good risk. Yeah. And you see these people, you know, why not borrow some money on your house? Warning, your home is at risk if you do not keep up repayments. Yeah, they'll take it from you. Of course they will. Of course they will. They have no, no hesitation at all. <coughs> Sally says, no, hard-boiled eggs for the egg and spoon. Hard-boiled. At least it was at her school. Yeah. But, uh, uh, Jordan would turn a meeting between Dwight and Harvey into a tele-opportunity, says Tony. Well, absolutely. I mean, she would. I mean, if you actually got him over there, of course they would, they would film it. That, that would be part of the deal, I should imagine. A little bit, little bit worrying, I'm afraid. Uh, there's a little girl in the paper today, a little girl of three, who was born with a bright red nose has had life-saving ch- uh, surgery to remove it. She's a happy little soul. Very sweet little thing. What a she? sweet picture. Oh, no. she's, she's got this... Br- it looks like, you know, somebody's painted a red nose. A little red and, nose. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a, an, an illness. It started as a little red dot, and then it just got bigger and bigger. So now she's had it. It was... Um, when, when, when she was young, her mum used to say it was her clown's nose. But she's got such a sweet little face, and she's such a sweet little kid now. She was a day old when her parents spotted this nose, which over the next month grew to completely cover it. But now they've had it sorted out, and bless her heart, she's pictured the paper. She's got the sweetest little face. Really the sweetest little face. You can't, can't fail to be moved by sort of cute pictures of kids. Oh, wait a minute, Sally Morgan's writing again. Sally Morgan is our streetwise psychic. Oh, yes. This time, it's been 12 years since I lost my mum. I never got to say goodbye. Can you tell me if she's got a message for me? Sally Morgan doesn't have a message for her mother, actually, thus proving that Sally Morgan can no more talk to people the other side than I can contact the man in the moon. But she does say, uh, it will happen, but only when you least expect it. She covers herself every angle here. So, in other words, I haven't actually spoken to your mother, because that would be telling lies. What I'm telling you is that at some point your mother may try to contact you, which, of course, is another load of old hogwash, I'm afraid. Giving answers to the unexplained, Sally Morgan talks what's commonly known as a load of psychobabble, ladies and gentlemen. Bit embarrassing, but there you go. Telling people what they want to hear, really, isn't exactly, it? Exactly, it's telling people, yeah. you know, that's why people go, go to the shows. Will I be getting a message? No, you won't. Little <laughs> some crackpot down the front. Well, if payday loans and cash for gold type companies are at one end of the spectrum, then Roman Abramovich is certainly at the oh, other. Yes. Sorry, that's my super yacht spot. So he's got some problem parking his super yacht, but his super yacht turns out to be the biggest in the world. Mm. Um, it's worth, go on, how much? It's worth a billion pounds. A billion pounds, and he's got three. It's an a billion a pound billion yacht. A billion pounds, ladies. That's the debt. You could sort out the debt. You know, this former market trader has got two swimming pools, a staff of 60. I mean, it... It, you know, I don't mind people enjoying their wealth, for goodness sake, but a Saudi prince nipped in in front of him, didn't he? Nipped they? in in front of him, parked <coughs> in his spot. Mm. His, he, it's got a... Well, I mean, it's got all these utterly ludicrous 
features this yes. yacht, from bulletproof windows, missile defence systems, armour-plated retractable roof in the master suite, a mini-submarine with internal boarding for quick escape. <laughs> I mean, it's utterly ludicrous. It is utterly ludicrous. And it's in a, it's in a billion-pound yacht. It's yes. not even his house, it's just his yacht. Yes. One of his yachts. Yes. And it was there, so he had to go out to sea, and they had to come in, because he has a, a villa, I believe, yeah. over there. Where was this going into? Was this Monte Carlo? Um, it was in the French Riviera. French Riviera. Yeah. Because there is the new villa, which has come on the market there, most expensive in the world, I think, or practically, 500 million euros for a new villa. It's one of these belly pock things, but it's got everything. And he had to suffer his, he had to, he had to park his super yacht out at sea because this Saudi prince nicked his space, and then he had to suffer the indignity of going to land on a motorboat. <laughs> yeah, but... What a motorboat. I mean, can you imagine, though, uh, the original cost of this yacht was £330 million. Pounds. And then he by, added the time they'd, these... by the time they'd added, a yeah. billion. They must see these people coming. They must be having a laugh in these super yacht joke. places. Yeah. It is a, I mean, it is a scandalous waste of money, but it's his money. He can presumably spend it on whatever he wants, but it has a staff of 60, yeah. and it's got two swimming pools. There's only him and the, uh, and the girlfriend. It's all very worrying. Uh, Paul Brennan... Says, fell off my bike on Monday, still in hospital. Oh, bless his heart, honestly, poor soul, honestly. Only you could be in hospital covered in anything. It's, this is my friend Paul, who lives in Vienna, and he's fallen off his bike, so it must have been quite a fall off your bike. But he ends up with a huge plaster cast. Oh, my body looks like that, Paul, as well, actually. It's yeah, a little bit of a temple, my body. Minute, I'm quite lucky. Sorry? I thought that was it, it, it's, it's not bad, is it? The trouble is, he is so, he's super fit. Sadly, no more time. Oh, Thank no you mind. so much. Thank you very much. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Okay? Nick and the team with you after the news at 7. Have a lovely day with LBC 97.3. Here's Sam Pittis with the business update. Thank you, Steve. The FTSE will open after closing up 34 points at 51.20.